0: We have begun recording. Three, two, one. Hello. Live. Stoked to be with you.
1: Stoked to be with you. It's been a while since our last recording.
0: Yeah, man. The last uh, CP I had to do without you. Did you listen?
1: No, I didn't even realize that there was another one. What did you do? (laughs)
0: I uh, recorded me smoking for the last time, this oh, time okay. actually for the last time, uh, and I called you to try and have you on it, but you weren't available. Um,
1: uh, okay. I do
0: remember the call. Yeah. So I commemorated the moment with Wera, who is now not my girlfriend, uh, topsy-turvy, we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, man, I've been sober for a fortnight now, a little more. You've been sober for even longer. This is the most sober podcast ever.
1: This is the most sober podcast anyone's ever done. Yeah, I've been sober
0: now for three weeks since the last day of February. And you've been taking ice baths in the Chicago winter or cold showers. I've been taking cold
1: showers. Yeah, not ice baths. Cold showers are two minutes long, so it's really nothing to Mm. write home about. But yeah, I've been doing it almost every day except for two days where I didn't
0: shower. Becoming a legend before our very eyes.
1: Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they do anything, but I feel like it's gotten easier,
0: you know, doing it for the last few weeks. Yeah, what you said about the mind over matter probably has value regardless of if there are physiological effects. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I want to start doing that, doing some ice baths. The only thing is like, like I
1: wake up, and I'll do the breathing exercises, you know, just to psych myself up. That's 11 minutes because it's three oh, wow. rounds of that. Mm. And then I'd probably lay in bed another like 10 minutes, just psyching myself up for this two yeah. hour. <laughs> wow. So it's not So you do it first thing in the morning. Location. That's
0: doing it first thing in the morning is an extra level of willpower.
1: Well, that's like, cause I got to get up and do stuff.
0: So like, that's
1: when I would shower anyway.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hats um, off. But the funny thing is, actually, my building today didn't have hot water. Not that I knew about it, but they didn't have <laughs> hot water all morning. Damn.
0: Listen, so you have like a, an extra edge today. All of the weak people in your building were, you know, in a victim mentality, but you were just a warrior as ever.
1: Yeah. So what I do is I'll wake up, I'll feed my cats. Then I just dunk my face in cold water first and like the sink. Mm. Uh, just to prime myself up, and then I'll I'll hop in the shower, and I should do the total
0: body. That's smart. That probably helps. I feel like the back for me is the part that least wants the cold, or maybe the sides, like just my torso.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say like it, I was actually kind of surprised. I thought it'd be like like the stomach area, but it's really the underarms, like over here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that totally. is
1: actually actually the worst part. But I think it's all kind of fine now. Like, I don't really flinch. It's still not Mm -hmm. super enjoyable. Not going to lie to you. Like, I do have to sort of rhythmically inhale and exhale just to to not shiver.
0: Yeah, that's a real bummer of, I feel like, any goal setting or, like, lifestyle progression, including sobriety. Like, for a while, I was feeling like all I got to do is get sober and then everything will magically be great. But it's really like that's just step one. And then it's a long climb to the top of any mountain.
1: I finally, after literally over two weeks, like over the last three days, I've finally been able to sleep all night. Wow. So, yeah, you struggled with the sleep for a long time. Over two weeks where I was waking up for like at least an hour in the middle of the night and just kind of like in like a weird state. just kind of like anxious. Had a lot of anxiety the first week, like a lot of anxiety.
0: Yeah. Cannabis is so sticky and tricky. Like uh, like something like tobacco, it's, you know, just a couple days and then you're out of it, at least physiologically, maybe not psychologically. But then cannabis, like the shit just lingers, the withdrawal symptoms. And I think there's like also something significant psychologically about like the two-week timeframe. Both of the like... I don't know how many, but the previous times I tried to quit, it was like around now when I went back. Um, yeah,
1: I, I think that tracks. I mean, maybe that's because it was such prolonged use for such a long time, like habitual for at yeah. least five years for me.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that because I feel like your sleep thing is worse than I ever had it, maybe just because you were like super accustomed to sleeping with it.
1: Yeah, so now finally like my sleep's normal. Ish. that's great yeah are you
0: still having like epic dream adventures
1: no uh, but i am having just like a normal amount of dreams i think what is it like humans are supposed to have mm-hmm. um but that's nothing good. like super vivid or <clears throat> nothing lucid really
0: mm. yeah i haven't had a lucid dream in a really long time which is a bummer i used to have them a lot probably just got to keep practicing
1: yeah i used to but- like if i didn't smoke for three days i would like immediately have like vivid lucid dreams and my emotions will be all over the place but yeah that's all it's all pretty good now that's my great. appetite's normal
0: which is also nice mm, yeah oh sometimes i think like every drug every substance has like some addictive quality but they're just like different time frames like tobacco is a shorter time frame cannabis is like kind of makes sense because cannabis has like a bigger effect on your state of mind than smoking a cigarette does. Um, so then like the process of getting out of its hooks is longer. And then maybe psychedelics, it's even longer. Maybe like because something like ayahuasca has such a huge effect, it takes like months and months to like truly unhook. Well, definitely for weed, like it's like a new homeostasis.
1: Yeah. Like you're so used to being at a certain frame of mind at a certain time of day or whatever. And yeah. Just not doing that is like the difference is, is pretty jarring
0: early. And that's a difference between cannabis and psychedelics. Because psychedelics, you have to like work up the courage to do it and you're not going to be doing it all the time. Cannabis just becomes a part of your lifestyle.
1: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty nice to not be high for once. So I'm going to not do it for a while, at least, you know, definitely like the smoking aspect wasn't any good, just inhaling carbon or whatever.
0: Yeah. Smoking the lungs isn't ideal. And now that you have a lower tolerance, you could probably get a lot more out of edibles.
1: Yeah, that's true. I'd probably take a five milligram and it would probably mess me up pretty badly, but I am going to stay away from it for a while. Yeah. If the time comes,
0: who knows? Yeah, me too, man. My Um, intention is a year. I want to have a year totally clean because I was just, I mean, I wasn't going for five years, but I was abusing it worse, I think, than you were. And uh, and for a while, for a few years. So I think I need a long time to heal from that.
1: Yeah. I think finally next week I'll be able
0: to pass a drug test if that were a thing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Our uh, Sky Vodka Trading doesn't drug test?
1: No, they've never drug tested. I mean, half the company...
0: Wouldn't be able to, to you know work there if that were the case. <laughs> That's how you know it's money, frat. The bro culture lives on somewhat.
1: <laughs> it is uh, it's not been a blockbuster year for the firm. It's their it's really? quite a struggle. Q one, yeah.
0: I'm surprised in these volatile times. Uh, it's, I the It's
1: volatile, but I think it's like a little unpredictable. So I think uh, the day trading is good, but the positions getting
0: uh, getting killed. oh crushed. Okay, yeah. So like the institutional investors or whatever players are taking the other side of most of your trades are uh, on the right side of the bank failures?
1: (laughs) There have been a lot of bank failures, which is bizarre, but it sounds like the bleeding has stopped. This is almost Mm. a
0: very historic month. We are teetering on a crazy chaotic event or collapse of some kind, but not quite there. Did Trump get arrested today or no? Um, I heard he was going to be, but then I kind of
1: haven't heard anything since. So I don't really know what's going on with that. I'll just check the news. Probably. Well, I don't know. Maybe he said he was going to be. He said that he expected to be. It was the second largest bank failure in at least the last, whatever, 50 years since 08. Mm -hmm. But obviously
0: even before that. So there were a lot of MAGA protesters in Manhattan in anticipation of Trump being arrested, but then there were anti-Trump protesters protesting against the MAGA people. It's like the protest energy has superseded what was being protested because it looks like he didn't even get arrested.
1: Yeah, people are saying that he's going to somehow use this to like launch himself into a stronger position for his next presidential run. I don't really know how that's going to work out.
0: All I know is if he wins, the US is probably on the path to world, or to rather civil war. World War Three, maybe after that. Civil war, probably.
1: Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's really. I don't know if any of these things are really viable anymore.
0: Um, I don't know either, but it's, it seems to only get crazier.
1: But definitely some sort of. I don't know, economic collapse. He
0: is... Do you know what they're getting him for? It's the Stormy Daniels thing. Yeah, it's so dumb. It's like he used campaign funds to pay off a hooker. Yeah, it's like not something that would normally be a felony, right?
1: Well, I don't know about that, but like the man incited a riot on Capitol Hill and that seems to be okay, but he pays a hooker.
0: Did he? I mean, I haven't been following the January 6th stuff closely, but he did explicitly say not to be violent. And there was like video released of... Capitol police, FBI people, like ushering the MAGA people in the Capitol.
1: I know that there was video release recently of them ushering them in, but that doesn't change the, f- like we were all there and we saw it happen live. Like people seem to have short term memories now. Yeah. Okay. Some people were ushered in. Some people were violent, like police shot at them. There's videos of them like crushing the doors. Like yeah. none of that stuff was fake. Like that all happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, and those people definitely are some unhinged loons, no doubt about that. Like, it's I'm conflicted because this guy, what's his name? The guy they call the QAnon shaman? Oh, yeah, that guy. What's his fucking name? I don't remember, but it it seems like he was unjustly imprisoned, like he didn't actually do anything wrong. Like, I saw a video of him saying, like, everyone go home, don't be violent. Um, But I also feel like he should get more than four years for going as the qAnon shaman.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know like what the law you know says, but you probably can't be in that room regardless. So some sort of fine is warranted even if it was peaceful.
0: I'm sure something's warranted, but yeah, 4 years in prison is crazy.
1: Like, you know, if you peacefully walked into the White House with a mob of people, that's still like they should shoot you. I don't know about that. <laughs> like there should be some call it hallowed ground or whatever that like <laughs> needs to be off limits. You can't just hmm. you
0: know, march in and protest.
1: Deep I don't down,
0: know. You're just a, a Texas estate owner with a shotgun ready to shoot any trespassers.
1: Well, like, okay. If you are, In your home, you're just like I'm in my home. I'm on my computer doing whatever, and my doorman ushers in 20 people into my bedroom. I should shoot those people.
0: Wow, man, so extreme! You could (laughs) could just start by telling them to leave. What are they doing here? Why do some (laughs) of them
1: have duct tape and zip ties? What's going on? (laughs) Okay, yeah, maybe 18 of them don't. Two of them do. Like, still, that's that's too too many.
0: You know. Uh, I'm disgusted by the world. I don't know what to talk about because this world is a clown circus and we've talked enough about drugs. What do we talk about?
1: Uh, Let's talk about your relationship. You had some trials and tribulations. What's been going on with that?
0: (sighs) Yeah. Um, Man. (sighs) How did this all happen? At many points during the relationship, we've had different fights and she's had this tendency to uh, just like hurl negativity at me in the metaverse. And I'll open my phone and see like 50 messages from her, all just from an angry place, like texting her upset thoughts in real time with no filter. And I've said like, you can't do that like if this continues our relationship can't continue you just can't do that and so then it would stop um but then yeah in the last few weeks like i wasn't really feeling good with her we had a few fights we went to the beach um or actually i was going to the beach i said like i was just getting sober and i wanted to just be in a chill place and get away do something for myself uh in the throes of the withdrawal or past the worst of the withdrawal, but from like the one week to two week point of withdrawal just to like get past it and then come back fresh. Uh, And then she was like being real negative, being like, it's not fair that you can just go to the beach. It's not so easy for me. I feel trapped here. I have things to do, which is fair. Like I have compassion for her uh, constraints, but she was like being jealous, which was lame um and negative and so i was just not feeling good with her but i invited her to come to the beach thinking we could figure it out and uh and then we continued fighting and uh upon like splitting after we had one in-person fight she left and we were like breaking up and then the the spewing negativity in the metaverse just went to the next level it was like three or four straight days of like her insulting me nonstop and being really negative, which sort of validated the decision. But then the last couple of days she came around and we talked in person and she was coming from a centered place and speaking from love. And, uh, and it makes it a little harder because it's easier to just be like, screw you. This is obviously not a good relationship. I'm done. Uh, But, you know, I care about her a lot. And uh, she, Wants to marry me essentially, and is uh, and is being sweet again, but I still feel like I've got to be alone for a bit after all this. Yeah, man.
1: Like from an outsider's perspective, obviously I don't have the full story, but like there's some some pretty severe red flags there where I would like be like, yo, pump the brakes a little bit. just, just like, with, like the, with the frequency of the fighting, I think like that. Yeah, It's probably not ideal.
0: Yeah. I do feel like, um, fighting can be healthy and like, uh, because I mean, she is a pretty conscious self-aware person as am I. And so like, we're the type of people that if we see something we don't like, we're going to bring it up. Like, I think in relationships often, like there's a willful ignorance in the honeymoon phase in the beginning where like, there are a lot of things that could be little red flags that you just sort of ignore, and they get bigger and bigger. Uh, so we haven't ignored the things, and we've, like, fought about the things and generally resolved those fights. And so I felt like on a level that was healthy. Um, but, yeah, it, it has been also very stressful, and um, and there are there are definitely issues. Like, there's severe trauma on both ends, but, like, I have compassion for, like, where she's coming from and why she might like snap or be triggered or whatever. But just having compassion for it doesn't mean I have to like connect to it and, and be in a relationship with it.
1: Yeah. Like I don't feel like it's any of our jobs to, you know, be healing other people.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, it it could be if if you're like a shaman and that's the explicit deal, but in a relationship or in a friendship, it's like, You got to take care of yourself first.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And uh, I mean, you can't really heal other people either. Like you can reflect things to them and and, like help their process. You can open a door or distract them, but you can, you can help, you can facilitate, but like they have to ultimately do the work. Oh my God, my cat's
1: just like on here.
0: <clears throat> it's, uh, I feel like it's tough for me to find a partner. Like, it's few and far between girls that I feel like are mature enough and conscious enough. And then, especially here, like, not only is there a class divide with almost any girl I'm going to meet here, um, where like I just have so much more in terms of resources and opportunity. Um, and and that's just awkward to like try and share the abundance with them without making them dependent um, and without them just getting absorbed into my world and losing themselves which has happened in every relationship I've been in but then also like uh, maturity like or like independence like, I've been highly independent for 12 years and come from a culture where that's the norm. And here like families are super connected and the norm is like staying in your parents' home until you're 26 because Mm -hmm. of the class and the scarcity and also just like connectedness. So I feel like uh, it's rare to meet someone who is like really just in their own good, healthy, mature energy.
1: Yeah. I feel like the power dynamic, um, especially there has to be difficult because just immediately from the first meeting, just from like the fact that you're American, it's immediately like, Oh, you know, they, they stand to benefit regardless. So it has to be difficult there to like suss out intent.
0: Yeah. And even if I can suss out intent, uh, which is a challenge and a source of trust issues, um, there's still that dynamic. Like, I think Waiter's, uh, intentions were good. Like, I think she was grateful for how I could help her, but not in it just for that. I think she genuinely appreciates who I am and was in it for good reasons, but like, still there's this power dynamic and I don't really know how to get around it.
1: Uh, Midwestern women. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But Midwestern
0: women just want to live a typical Midwestern life and don't relate to my spiritualism so that's a problem too some
1: green-haired sjw portland women pacific (laughs) northwest fire spinning burning man women
0: (laughs) those women are the most annoying of all yeah that's not gonna work i have a friend here who's become a, a good friend he's from australia so like another western culture and we uh We like have some similar values and like independence and, you know, come from like a more patriarchal culture or whatever. So don't like vibe as much with the Kumbaya, um, mentality of spiritualism communities. He sent me the funniest audio message today, um, talking about how he like, yeah, I won't play it. But he was saying, like, he'll be at parties here and see hippies and he'll just like go up to them and and act like very mainstream, but like confident and loose and be like, hey, what's up? And they'll get like offended by that. They'll be like, uh, they'll be like, This guy, this guy isn't sacred, this guy isn't conscious, and, but like they can't really like explain why. They just like he's not fitting the mold of what a spiritual man is supposed to be. So they like don't know what to do with him and they start squirming and he'll say something like, uh, yeah, you know, you can leave if you want, like, we don't have to keep talking and they'll be like, what? They'll just be so taken aback by the bluntness and they do want to leave, but they don't want to leave then because they don't want to acknowledge that he was reading them. And so they just, uh, they get paralyzed.
1: That's pretty funny. Is that, that's like the common i guess white person that's there or is this just everybody there in general
0: no it's not everybody here um it is diverse uh, and there is like a lesser sect of like christians or more conventional white people but the predominant like hippie crowd of white people are like ask me like for instance it's uh what's it called um paucha no pauka pauka raimi i think it's called the equinox um and it's like the andean uh celebration of the equinox so there's all these ceremonies happening today and they uh you know they get together they bow to the four directions they assemble a lot of flowers they make offerings to the river they do a temescal and it's like all these things you're supposed to do and the other day i was getting breakfast and this woman who's also into plant medicine was like uh Hey, so, uh, so what are you doing tomorrow for what ceremonies are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, Oh, I don't really have any plans. Every day is a ceremony. I can meditate (laughs) like I do every day. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, I guess we're doing something here. Like I am considering that it's the equinox and it's a good time. We could title this spring has sprung or some shit, but
1: it is the first new moon of spring.
0: Boom. boom. It's a new moon now.
1: Yeah. Tonight. Wow.
0: Epic. And I started sobriety on the full moons so and I'm super powered on continuing that intention. Beautiful. This is the new sober moon, the first sober moon. First sober moon. But anyway, I was like, I told this woman like, no, I don't have plans. And she was like, ah. And it's like, maybe I was just projecting, but there's this sense that like, you, you're not viewed as conscious if you're not doing the spiritual thing and, and going and making the river offerings. And so that is the crowd here. It's like, you know, you've got to be, holding a sacred gym and, and praying to it and, and going and making river offerings every Saturday. And if you don't like talk that talk and, and fit into that social mold and be a pussy, if you're a man, then you're sort of like an outsider.
1: I was going like to say, it. yeah, like the type of guy that actually does that stuff. There's no way anyone's actually into that shit.
0: I think like how, I think how guys can be women- they are.
1: And I think like women at first are like fooled by them. Like they think that they yeah. have some wisdom that it's like a con. It's just like a long con of like, oh, <laughs> I know something that you don't and I will,
0: I'll let you in on it. Yeah. But there's nothing there. There's nothing behind the curtain. It's the Terrence McKenna game. It's like, <laughs> I'll talk like a pussy and be ostensibly beta, but have some vague mystique that makes you think maybe I'm a spiritual alpha. I like Alan Watts. He's got a good voice. Alan Watts is the man. Yeah, he was good. And he also didn't take himself or any of the beliefs too seriously, which is super refreshing.
1: Well, he was like a Zen guy, right?
0: Yeah. But like even when he would share Zen proverbs or whatever, he would be like, this is just a story I heard and it resonates with me and makes me feel good about life and uh, and makes sense. So take from it what you will. He's not trying to like disseminate truth or, you know be yeah. high and mighty. Yeah, I like that
1: cuz you know a lot of these guys are just like working on some sort of ultimate commune harem endgame. <laughs> so it's all just total bullshit. It's all still Yeah, but they're know. never going
0: to succeed cuz the women own them in these communities. Like the alphas are the women. Like uh that could Totally. Be true. 100%. Yeah, cuz any guy who's like, you know, Adorning himself with all the flowers and and speaking how you're supposed to speak is falling into a frame that's not his own. He's just like conforming, and uh, which is why I like being an outsider here because I can be myself, and then people are starting to get drawn to that. Like I'm going to start a men's circle, but instead of it being like the typical touchy feely thing that often happens in men's circles, it'll be like you know, part sitting around a fire talking and part poker so you can just come and play poker and fuck around if you want so uh so it's a cool opportunity to like be an actual man here but uh but the guys who just fall into the social scene like it's it's definitely run by the women because it is more like a lot of women can be pretty authentic in that you know like they're uh they genuinely are about relationships and and totally sincere when they're making the river offerings and so like they're in their power as they're doing these things rather than pretending to fit in. Yeah. I buy that. They also have a lot of masculine energy, like more than me. Sometimes I have a long way to grow. Like I'll, I'll encounter women like this woman who, uh, you know, confronted me at breakfast and, uh, and like they are in this vibe of, uh, of like being more men than men as a lot of women in the US are like they have a lot of masculine energy and they're like pretty loud taking up a lot of space and uh and yeah guys have catching up to do
1: Yeah man I don't I don't know um I feel like in like these YouTube circles where they're trying to like help men out it ends up always going towards um like you got to beat eastern women <laughs> Like you got to go to the Middle <laughs> East, you got to go to Asia, you got to go to, mm-hmm. I uh, mean, I hear that, <laughs> you know, Eastern Europe, but like, none of that's accurate at all.
0: I hear like, wanting those women to meet a run, woman from a more conservative culture,
1: but those women run their households. No one's more cucked at home than those people, but they just like project masculinity out of their homes. Probably why? Which people? All, all of these cultures.
0: Every culture other than the West,
1: I think every culture in general, man, women run the household. Like behind, yeah. I tend to think.
0: I tend to think in a monogamous relationship, women run the household.
1: Um. Yeah, I guess maybe not like in Saudi Arabia where they have four wives and it's tough to know which one or not. Yeah, I think in in more
0: conservative cultures, like. Yeah, I think you're you're wrong about a lot of cultures, like. Middle East, Africa, there are definitely a lot of cultures where women are suppressed. Asia, definitely a lot of cultures where women are suppressed. Even here, I would say um, it's matriarchal in a lot of like the good, well-functioning families, but there's a lot of patriarchal suppression too. But I tend to think that monogamy and like making home with one woman is generally a path to the woman being the center of the home.
1: Like I think um- – the chinese the russians definitely the eastern europeans
0: the woman like totally dominates in the home really i'm surprised to hear that with like eastern europe hundred like like
1: um because this came up recently but bulgarian women handle all the finances
0: in Mm. their home
1: like like the husband like shows up turns in the checkbook and like yeah they're you know they cook and clean or whatever but like they're making all of the decisions for like what to do in the future Mm. and the men like especially like in Eastern Europe like I could speak more to this you know from from what I've seen in my circles but like like men don't leave the house until they're in their late 20s and then that's just to move in with a wife like they don't they're not independent they don't live alone Um, so they're just being either bossed around from their mother or being bossed around from their wife. (laughs) And then when they're out with the boys, you know, they're wearing their leather jackets and they're acting tough, but Mm, it's all a front front. It's
0: a total front. like sky vodka trading guys. Yeah. I hear that on a level. I am surprised to hear you say some of this with like Eastern Europe. You would know more about that having Albanian roots.
1: Yeah. Eastern Um, Europe. And
0: I feel like China is
1: the same way just based on like a lot of our coworkers are former coworkers.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I, my first girlfriend in college was Chinese, and she said something like that. I, I tend to think like the natural order or maybe how it was in the past would be that like the woman would run the home and make most of the decisions and all of the decisions that were like small decisions, basically. But then the guy's power would be like making the big picture decisions and being like, we need to set across sail, set sail across the seas and and start a new life somewhere else. Um, yeah. That's probably I, feel like, I feel like now and yeah, I feel like now in modernity though, um, the government has like superseded the masculine role. And so there aren't a lot of big decisions to be made. People are just like, you know, filling in their spot as a cog in the big machine. And so, all the decisions that there are to be made are just like, what are we going to watch on Netflix? Who holds the remote? And, uh, and these small decisions. And so, then women just make all the decisions. But
1: I also think that like, you're mistaking like a few people in history with the general population.
0: Yeah, it could be. So you're saying like the common man, even in the 1500s was was still a cucked house husband?
1: Well, they inherited their parents' farm or whatever, and they worked the farm and those 90% of humans for most of history. Yeah. And they didn't leave their
0: hometown. Pretty much just wage slaves.
1: Yeah. But then like, you know, a handful of people sailed across the ocean or Mm. whatever, like saw it out Mm. there. And there's still like titans of industry today.
0: So what I'm hearing from you is men are oppressed.
1: (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. But it's like a self-imposed oppression through like too much entertainment, maybe even.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Netflix is a real problem. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think modernity is fucked. I might disagree about like, I still think like in the world at large, Women are more suppressed than men. Like there are some oh, cultures yeah. where women are just really fucking suppressed. Um yeah. but I, I definitely agree as far as modernity goes. I think like in an over-entertained, unconscious, modern, developed culture, um guys are just lost puppies. And uh and that's a lot of why I felt like I had to move to a place like this and start something new.
1: It definitely seems to be like a trend that's increasing, just like prolonged adolescence in men.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, historically there were always rites of passage and rituals to become a man to or a woman, like to to enter adulthood, and we don't have that now. And like fraternities try to like replace that function because I think we have a sense that we need that but what they do is just like toxic and, you know, hazing and having people binge drink and shit. So it's like, there is no real route to manhood for most people in modern cultures. And I, yeah, feel, I, like, uh, definitely the
1: I case feel like,
0: it's, I, think, sorry, I feel ahead. like it's, uh, I feel like it's sort of like this pendulum swing, like definitely historically women have been oppressed. And I feel like People are always talking about like women still being oppressed and having all this uh, ground to make up or whatever, but they've already surpassed men like in modern cultures and in success in a lot of domains, except for people at the very top like CEOs and government and stuff, like school success and uh, achievement and and just like carrying masculine energy in society and and becoming an adult, women have caught up and passed men and. I think like lacking these rites of passage is worse, a worse problem for men because like women can't really avoid the rite of passage. If they become a mom, it happens in their bodies and they automatically just have to take on all this pain and responsibility, step up in a huge way and their body transforms to become, you know, a pillar on which people can rely. Whereas men have the luxury or the option to just titillate themselves, remain entertained, distract themselves with porn and stuff and never grow up. And uh, and so that's what's happened. And so I feel like in modern cultures, like women have already made their move. Like it wasn't an intentional conscious move of like, yeah, we're going to get men and, and keep them down. But it's like a subconscious thing of this pendulum swinging and it's already swung and it's swung hard.
1: Yeah, I think that. And I think it's also just like a symptom of abundance. Like there's no difficult times. Like you can coast on either like your parents' home or like like your parents happen to have enough where they'll pay for your school and then they'll pay for your rent when you're in your 20s, like they'll give you a job. And then, so you never really have an existential threat that forces you to step up in any big way.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, I relate to that. Those last few things describe me almost. Um, I mean, I was like self-sustaining in my 20s and when we were working together and stuff, but I always knew I had a safety net and I haven't, I've, you know, had the extreme luxury of being able to like make this life move and not produce income and not produce shit for a while. And so I have to step up and do things like not out of necessity, but, but also out of necessity, not out of material necessity, but out of the necessity of like being who I actually want to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it takes, I think most people don't have that. I don't know if it, They just don't realize it or they realize it late. Or maybe it's just easier to not think about it. Realize what? Just like that you have to, to, you know, make moves and like own your own shit. Hmm. Like for yourself, you just have to do it for yourself. There's no, even if you don't need to do it, you know, like chasing, uh, consumerism or entertainment like what's next on Netflix, like shows on Netflix, like it's all hollow. It's all pointless.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess there's so much pointless stuff that most people never like burn through it all to the point where they see the pointlessness of it all. Also, it's hard to have like a bigger perspective when you're stuck in it. Like it's a double-edged sword. Like when you have to work, the material constraint forces you to like be functioning and, and step up in a way, but it also, you know, you're working for someone else probably, And so you're not really your own boss or self-directed or connecting with like what you genuinely want to create in life. Um, So it's a bit of a trap too.
1: On the flip of that, you know, Cortez, the guy that subjugated all of Latin America, landed in wherever he landed, south of Mexico with what, like 45 men and a couple of horses, set the ships on fire, said, we're not going home. We either succeed or die here. Wow. Very is that different. where the phrase
0: burn the boats comes from?
1: Yeah. Burn the ships. Yeah.
0: Damn. That's crazy. I took <laughs> Talk that about as an no inspiring safe, phrase. I guess it is in a sense, but also pretty cruel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a monster, but also like just a story of overcoming extreme odds to do what you through either deception or cruelty or, you know, even ingenuity, it depends on who you ask. I've been reading this book right now called open the veins of Latin America. And it kind of talks about some of that
0: stuff. Yeah. You talked about it on at least one other podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I started it and I'm honestly not making very quick progress, but it's very interesting. But like at Mm -hmm. the time, um, I guess Spain had spent because it was hardback currency. They'd spent all their money. So they were totally out. Like the treasuries were totally empty. They were indebted to like the Dutch maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, like the North Africans were invading, like the Moors.
0: Uh, so, so they literally is, had uh, to mine Latin America for, for currency for or whatever. Yeah. They had to rape the, the earth here.
1: Yeah, this is an existential threat to them. So it's not like they're doing it out of pleasure.
0: Mm. Obviously, survival. like
1: cruelty breeds cruelty and it's a zero-sum game when you use hardback currency,
0: but yeah, Survival's cruel. We survive by taking life. Yeah. I mean, there's two sides to it. Like we talk a lot about how horrible it all was, but I think that it was also, I think from the biggest perspective, everything's necessary. Everything's a part of the overall DAO or plan or evolution. And in the past, Um, you know, we've been chained to the earth and slaves to our biology, um, and matriarchal too. So I guess it was necessary for this masculine energy to come and out of necessity to survive. Fuck shit up.
1: We also just have no idea how, where the world would be. Like, it's impossible to know how a different choice would have cascaded down. So it's really pointless to like... Place morality on anyone's decisions.
0: Yeah, I agree with that too. I don't even think it makes sense so much to talk about other hypothetical outcomes. I mean everything's right. is, everything's causes and conditions. Right. Do you think the earth is a school?
1: I mean, in a in a way, everything's like a lesson, so yes, but in a very abstract way.
0: Hmm. I don't think we graduate. Maybe we graduate when we die. I do feel like that we, I don't know, this gets into the spiritualism beliefs that might not resonate with you, but I feel like we incarnate here to have experiences and learn certain things for our soul's growth. It's a very Judeo-Christian belief. Is it? I thought Judeo-Christianity is all about just going to heaven and and it not being just one step of an ongoing learning.
1: Well, if you prove yourself by you know, correctly behaving here?
0: Oh, I don't think there's an if though. Like I think it's all causes and conditions and I really couldn't be any way other than how I am. So I think I'm just unfolding karma that I was always going to unfold. And I chose to incarnate into that karma for uh, one or both of two reasons. One, to learn and two, to do something on earth during this time. How are you feeling about
1: Ecuador at the moment? Because you were saying, I couldn't really decipher what you were saying on Telegram the other day, because you were asking me how I felt about the Carolinas.
0: No, I was saying, where would you be if you were location independent and could live anywhere? And I think I recall you once saying it would be the coast of the Carolinas. Yeah. Um, I was feeling really conflicted about Ecuador. Like when I look at the community and what we were talking about earlier, like how it's all just this uh, almost cult and you're expected to comport yourself to a certain like purportedly conscious or spiritual way of being and talking. I don't like that. I don't connect with a lot of people here who are in that. I feel like a lot of people here are maybe aware and conscious, but also there's so little get shit done energy. Like they have a lot of high ideals, but they're just floating in the air and nothing comes down to earth and actualizes. Like people don't execute. Um, So those are all my qualms. Uh, And I feel like there's no perfect place because if I went to a place where I were inspired creatively and people are succeeding outwardly, like the US, for example, I would also maybe drown in the materialism and feel like it's spiritually bankrupt. And the nature here is pure. and, And I feel like It's been really good for my consciousness and my spiritual growth. So that's why it's home now. I would like there to be more getting shit done and more inspiration as far as like successful podcasters, people creating things, doing things, following through, but maybe I just have to be that. Maybe I can't look to others to inspire me into that. And I just have to be that for this place.
1: I was gonna say, like, do you think you're projecting a little bit with the like seeing people around you plan but never execute? Because that's definitely one of my pet peeves with other people. But I know it's because you know I feel the same way about myself. Mm. That and consumption, like unconscious consumption, because mm-hmm. I fall into that spiral all the time.
0: Yeah, I think definitely. I think I'm projecting. I think everything's projecting. Like I, yeah. I think. We manifest our outward reality from the inside, so everything we're seeing is a reflection of us. And so, yeah, I wound up in a place where people are like aware of a lot of things happening in the world and conscious and have good ideals, but not succeeding, and and you're really floundering. And that's what I was doing for a while, but I do feel it turning around. And uh, like even as I was, I was just saying that, complaining about these gripes. I thought of a guy I just met with who is planning this art exhibition and he was showing me some of his paintings. They're fucking dope. Like he's a great artist, but he's been stuck in like doing work for other people that he's not passionate about and doesn't care about because he's in survival mode and has no money. So he asked me for some money to, to help him do this big exhibition in a few months. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll support you doing this. And so I feel like that's a, a good turn in the reflections I'm seeing like people, actually stepping up and doing things. And I feel like I'm getting there as well. Does
1: that pay dividends to you in any way, like financially? Is there a return on investment?
0: No, I'm just giving it to him because I, he's a friend. I want to support him doing this. I'd like to see something like this, um, executed in Vilcabamba. I did the same thing with, uh, the woman who was my Airbnb host the first time I came here, giving her money to start a restaurant, which is now a great restaurant. People love it. It's like a good thing in the town. And, uh, like I've been in this position where I have, you know, enough money that I never have to worry about money and that I can be super generous and I can be like in an empowered place of being generous. Um, and so, yeah, I want to do that because I want to make the reflection around me in this place. Uh, Better. Yeah. I mean, it's still like I still look at things like, you know, Joe Rogan experience and successful podcasts in the US and writers and like the creative people in the place like Southern California. And I feel like <laughs> that was wild. Is Lira okay?
1: Yeah, he's fine. But just like jumped right through all my stuff. Hmm.
0: I feel like much, much like your feral cat wrecking shit, uh, (laughs) the places like the U S that have those things I'm looking for have a lot of shadows as well. And those are super problematic. Like it's the apex of unsustainability. Whereas here it's sustainable. Like it might not be inspiring me with the masculine energy I've been talking about, but that can always grow back. It has the pure nature and the land that's actually healthy and the people who want to be conscious and are kind. And uh, and so, yeah, I think, I think that's why now I feel like this is home, even though I have a lot of complaints. Um, I'm going to be able to get permanent residency in four months, which will be sweet. And then for two years, I am able to travel half the year other places. And then after that, I can do whatever I want and have residency here. So yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. And I feel like this is a leg to stand on that makes a lot of sense. It's, I feel like the U.S. is arguably the most masculine country and Ecuador is arguably the most feminine country. Like I was telling you, like Ecuador is so fucking small because it just kept ceding its territory to all these aggressors. And uh, it's just this little country, but it's connected to the earth and the heart and, uh, and it's caring and uh, the people are down to earth. And as much as I love masculine energy... I have to say that like you can't, it's a lot harder to heal a broken feminine with a strong masculine than it is to heal a broken masculine with a strong feminine. Like the, you can regrow shit from a strong feminine base and then get the healthy masculine again. But if you only have the masculine, it's gonna be World War Three.
1: Yeah, that's probably accurate. That's probably a good place to end it, honestly.
0: Hmm. So the future is female, and then male, yeah. and As then always. everything, and then post-gender. Post, <laughs>
1: yeah. We're going to post-gender where there are no male and female.
0: Yeah, I mean, all these labels are just labels. Like there's a Saeed quote. What's his name? Edward Said. I quoted him in my thesis. I should know his name. But uh, he wrote a lot about um, like Asia and other cultures. I think he had a book, Orientalism, maybe. Um, and he said like all these labels, like woman or Muslim or any label is just like the very surface. And once you dig into things for even a second, and there's so much more depth than the label.
1: Don't dig too deep though, or you'll find organs that differ from each other.
0: Yeah, can't have that.
1: <laughs> Male and female, explicit biological organs. That dictate no, dude, biology is not real. Behavior.
0: Don't, don't, be a, don't be anti-trans. And don't Sorry. associate me with anti-trans. I'm already thought of as anti-trans.
1: Yeah, here we go. You're a transphobe, homophobe. <laughs> yes, I, because
0: I look down and I say, that's a penis. I'm a transphobe.
1: It's fucked up, dude. That's a woman's <laughs> penis.
0: <laughs> it's a huge quit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Next step is a tiny dick. It's all like spectrum.
0: It, it, yeah, in a sense. It's, it's, uh, including talking about spectrums. Like you have to have a spectrum of how spectrumy you're going to think about things.
1: Broad. It's the scope of this podcast. Broad, as broad as possible.
0: Yeah, man. Broad and deep. We went deep. I think sobriety enables better conversations.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's no five minute pause of just like, uh, <laughs> uh what?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <coughs> uh good stuff all right good
1: to go uh yeah i'll talk to you later at some point maybe next week whatever you're up for it
0: yeah man sounds good do you
1: feel good do you feel like energy whatever because i feel like very till like midnight usually i'm like very ready to go
0: i have more energy than i had before for sure but it's still a work in progress i have ways to go but that's the beauty of this podcast we'll hear the ways to go every step of the way There you go. One, two, three, we are not live.